Hello, and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where you can propel your faith into even deeper levels as we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Geib. Good day, good day, Kingdom Corner followers and devotees. The great Matt Geib is with you here once again with the great prophetess friend of mine, Helen Graham, that I'm so honored to have here. And she is from my region that I live in, in the Pacific Northwest. We're both about 36 miles, I think somebody told me, southeast of Seattle. And I'm so excited. I've been so excited this year because we've gone into something new of interviewing people on my podcast, which God has put on my heart to do, to raise their platform up, to uh, be able to show them forth uh, to, the, to the world, to the, to the kingdom. And uh, here we are, and we're going to talk about some real serious things today. Um, um, I'm so excited. Helen Graham, I'm just going to read from her bio she sent me, is an apostolic prophet living in Washington state that her husband and two kids, uh, with her husband and two kids, born and raised in England. It was after moving to Washington in 2015 that the Holy Spirit interrupted her life, and she went from being saved into religion to being saved and delivered into the kingdom. Helen is also a business owner and passionate about seeing prophets step forth into their call and discover how it fits and functions outside the ministry model we've all seen in the church. All right. Okay. So right away, I just picked out some things here that kind of um, stood out to me. Uh, She was saved uh, 2015. The Holy Spirit interrupted your life. You were saved from religion and and saved and delivered into the kingdom. Can you kind of uh, talk about that a little bit, what you mean by that further? Of course, Matt, and thank you so much for having me here. It's such a pleasure to be uh, on your podcast. What an honor. So, so yeah, that, that moment forever changed my life, um, and I describe it in that way because um, I really hit a wall in my walk. I got saved, like when I say saved into religion, back in 2008 when I moved out here to the States. Um, we were living in California at the time, and when we moved up here into Washington State, even though it was totally a God move and, and off my heart was always to just follow his will. I just wanted to do, you know, the right thing was kind of my, that was really my motivation. We'd really struggled to connect in California to a community. Um, and so when we moved to Washington state, I really just hit a point in my life where I was like, you know what, everything I'm seeing does not sit right with me. Um, if this is the Christian life, I don't want anything to do with it. I am tired of being depressed, insecure, angry, and, you know, not seeing fruit of anything. You know, we all supposedly love this Jesus who walks in power and demonstration. And yet I'm seeing none of that. I'm was just Mm. super hungry for the real authentic power of Jesus and that encounter. And I didn't have words for it, but I needed life. And I needed kingdom. And so inadvertently, God totally set up my desperation and hunger, met him in a moment. And um, he basically brought me to a place of going through um, through a family friend of a deliverance model. It's very similar to restoring the foundations, if you've heard of that before. Mm-hmm. And 
what usually would take people, you know, four weeks of hours with this person going through everything from generational sins to heart wounds to demonic oppression. Um, I basically had two hours with this minister and we got the ball rolling and then she handed me a packet and said, okay, now do the rest yourself. And I literally would sit home after putting my son to bed and I would go through this packet with Jesus and was delivering myself of everything I, you know, that was coming up at the time. And it completely undid me. Um, I was suddenly hearing things, seeing God mm. and everything. It was like, it was like putting on color glasses and suddenly mm. seeing life and the love of Jesus through everything. I was hearing his voice. I was seeing what he paid for. I remember weeping over just listing out all the things that I was carrying, like mm. fear and depression and sadness. And as I would renounce those, I was just, so encountering the cost and everything that Jesus died for in that moment. Mm. And it suddenly his crucifixion became real, mm. you know, his love became real and it set a hunger in me that just has not ceased in that moment. And I remember feeling so angry at the same time thinking, why aren't we all doing this? You know, um, mm. we're supposed to be saved and delivered and, uh, and this is missing. This is such a missing key. Uh, in people's walks and people think they're free but they're not free and Mm. all of that stuff and so it really set this kind of revivalist in me really alive to see that kind of life come to those around me Mm. that is so good i remember now it was i I lose track of time i I, if i'd have gone through my journals i'd have found out but it was 2015 or maybe 16 that i really started to um, cross paths with you because we went to different churches in the area, but we'd have a group meeting with the churches once a month, and that's where I've got to know you. And then I went to some seminars at the at the church you were uh, with down there in Puyallup uh, on the prophetic, with, you know, and got to know you more. And I was just wondering here, looking at this apostolic prophet, um, prophet to me, I love the word in, in Hebrew, in Navi or Navi, the, the real root meaning is to bubble forth. And a lot of prophets I've talked to um, in the last couple of years, uh, they would tell me things like, oh, God was giving me visions and talking to me since I was a child. Has that been your experience or was it when you really came into the kingdom, like you said, that you be God began to speak to you that way. Because ever since I've known you, I knew in my heart, without you even saying anything, that you were a prophet. So, Yeah. I, I You know what? Growing up, um, I wasn't aware of operating in any form of that. I wasn't brought up in a household that, you know, followed the Lord and went mm-hmm. to church and, and those kinds of things. And it, it wasn't until that I stepped into the kingdom that I discovered that call and I had that internal call from the Lord. I remember it. Um, I was sitting in church and I would just opened up my Bible and I started reading Jeremiah and it was like, it was like speaking to me. You know, we, we all say that the rhema word, it was, mm. it came alive and suddenly resonated in my heart. And I felt like God so close in that moment saying that I've called you, you know, as a prophet to the nations and da, da, da. And, and it was, wow, God, okay, it so resonated with everything. But now that I look back, I look back at it more of how um, he formed my perspective 
in childhood and how he how he formed my heart more than how I received visions and dreams and things like that. It was, right. I was I recognized looking back that I've or, always carried the sensitivity of his heart. And that's more what I was struggling with as a child that I just didn't have a grid for. And so um, that's how it looked like for me. Mm. Uh, there's so many things here. You know, I just sense, I, I, like I said, it, you came to me because I've wanted to have somebody from our region be on the podcast because you and I care so much about the Pacific Northwest. So I ran into you at a local coffee shop about three weeks ago, and wow, there was just such a difference I could tell about you. I mean, you've always been a sweet-hearted, caring person, but it's like you had stepped up another level. And I think God, you know, at the beginning of uh, this year, uh, I've always had these they say your older men will dream dreams, and I've never been much of a dreamer, but the dreams I often have are I'm running late to catch an airplane, I'm running late to catch a train or a bus. Ask the Lord about that, you know. Um, and this year, I had one of those dreams where I it seemed so real, I missed a plane, and it was on, on uh, January 7th, and I said, Lord, what is this about? And the word acceleration came to my heart. He said, this is a time of acceleration for you, and if you don't if you don't step it up, just like what did he tell Jeremiah, if you can't keep up with the footmen, how are you going to keep up with the horses? You need to step it up, and you get distracted by different things, but I'm not here to make you feel bad. I'm here to let you know that I'm giving you the power today to step up to a new level, because there's so many more important things that I've called you to do, and not just me, but other people that you, meaning me, I need to help influence. So I read this, and and it just so relates. When the prophetic becomes predictable, it's lost its power to impact hearts. Let's not splash in the kiddie pool. And I think when you and I first started, you tell me what you think. When I first started cross paths with you, we were really, as our groups and churches were really getting into prophetic, people were getting free uh, to prophesy and to move in the prophetic, whether they're prophets or not. Uh, but in you know, like I don't consider myself a prophet, but I'm prophetic. And um, you know, we were all enamored, so to speak, with the gifts, you know. And I think God is now asking us to get out of the kiddie pool, like you say, um, and go deeper. And I think that's the hour we're in. So if you, what what are your thoughts on that? I sense that so much about you and what you're doing now. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I've come to realize that um, part of my journey in 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 that whole, you know, call to office, you know, and what does that really look like? Many are called, few are chosen. There's there is this po- process of being called, being consecrated, and then being commissioned, right? And I realized that um, where I was here. Um, I was like, well, I know God's called me and we're on this journey, but I felt so frustrated and I couldn't figure out why. And it was because um, basically what was going on with the training and stuff in the area, which is fantastic and it's and it's a great starting point, but I'd become boxed in by the mm. gift and not able to right. fully step into the role of prophet. And, and the prophet's role being so different to the gift's role, the gift provides the architect of hope, you know, mm. and comfort and exhortation and stuff like that. But but in, as a prophet, you carry so much um, more in a different way in that you are 
you are the gift and in that and because you carry the father's heart so sensitively it also includes you know correction and direction mm. and you tend to have more of an oversight look than an than a personal one-on-one look at things and so you're able to carry the bigger picture and you see um on a macro and a micro level and so what i found was i had to kind of start to branch out and look for other trainings and resources to help bring some framework to what it actually means to function as a prophet and in doing so re- recognizing that ah this is okay it's okay to be fully me in that and the perspective of that because um we have to move past being satisfied with like i said the predictable prophetic so mm. it's you know when when the prophetic gift overflows which it is doing and it's spreading you know more churches are adopting essentially you're you're not adopting like a toy you're essentially adopting the ability to flow with holy spirit yes. and we have to remind ourselves wow. that he is the giver of the gift and we have to remind ourselves that it's it's actually i'm learning to communicate with holy spirit and i don't want to just you know play with his toy the prophetic gift so no. to speak and I, i'm 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 just using an analog you know uh pictorial pictures for this stuff because sometimes it's the subtleties of how this works too yes. at the same time and so you know um and i posted that you know kind of on purpose at the same time just to kind of highlight that just because it's a particular date of the year mm. doesn't mean that you know we have to give a prophetic word about it or something like right. that and, and so we overstep into assumption versus waiting for the unction of holy spirit and what is he really speaking to is it for you personally is he asking you to prophesy something on that day because of the numbers involved and those <laughs> kinds of things and right. we can get giddy with it and excited about it and then we just end up throwing confetti at each other it feels like on the same thing but Um I have a fun analogy actually that I've started to chew on and I um so if it's okay I'll share. Yes, please. So I that hunger for something more from the prophetic community really came from a realization that um when Elijah was running from Jezebel and he sat under the tree and he was like I'm the only one and all of that and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and gave him a raisin cake. Holy Spirit just suddenly started unpacking that in a different way of recognizing that a raisin cake is something you eat. Like prophetic words you eat, your spirit yes. eats prophetic words. It's the word yes. of the Lord, right? You eat it. And he was like, you know, a raisin cake, it's dense. It sustains. It's got fruit in it. It takes That's time good. to make. It's heavy. It's weighty. It'll last you a long time. Mm. You only need mm. to eat a little bit and so it will last for a few days. You know, it will last the length. It doesn't go off quickly because it's so mm. packed full of everything. And he just started showing me that that is what a prophecy looks like. Yes. And what we're, what we're settling for in our prophetic mm. communities is we're settling for like frosted cupcakes. And we're just like eating these cupcakes that are so full of air that they're they're going in one time and then we we wonder why we need another prophetic word. Oh, I need another mm. prophetic word. I need mm. another prophetic word. And yes, some mm. of that is like our own insecurity and not yes. just wanting to apprehend and believe for what he says. But sometimes it's really because what you're being given isn't enough to sustain you. Right. And I have words oh, and I'm sure so you good. I'm sure you do too where 
I have prophetic words that I've held on to for the last three or four years that have sustained me. Yes. I know them almost by heart. I read them monthly, weekly, and I have them printed and they're always in front of me and they always add something each time that I choose to go over them with the Lord. And so you can't do that with a graphic with a little, you know, exhortation that doesn't sustain you, right? So we need prophets to come with the prophetic word, the prophecy to sustain the body through yes. Hear what is coming, and we need to either take people from the gift into the office, those that are called, and provide a way for them to really, for the God to birth them in this time as prophets. And so that's my, my spiel on, on wow, that. Well, that's so story. good. There's a real depth there. Um, so much of, I'm not criticizing again, because God wants us to learn how to use these gifts. Um and just like a toddler walking, we're not going to do it perfectly. But he wants right. to bring people like you along with a maturity and a foundation to say, let's let's raise the bar and go up higher. And these words you're talking about, I, I know, are based on the Word of God. They're not, um, like you said, they're not, what, did you, what was the word you use? Cupcakes. I, I <laughs> like to use the word cotton candy. It tastes so yeah. good to me. But there's no substance to it. No substance and to it. uh you know, we have to start somewhere. So we don't mm -hmm. want to be we don't want to no, be critical. Really. My personality sometimes gets a little critical, but that doesn't help the situation. So that's so good. Um another thing, I loved it when you shared about your I think this is so important, just like what is it, Jeremiah, that he he would give demonstrations like he'd lay on his side for so many days that God would use that as a word picture to people. God speaks through things that happen in my life, you said. Mm -hmm. um, and you talked about when you went and got your new set of glasses. I so love that. And I love this word that you—I uh, just highlighted that. I'm increasing in the strength of— a. Uh, he's increasing me in the strength of my ability to see in the Spirit. Your vision source is getting an upgrade. I love this. You will have me as your only source to see clearly in these days. And we're going to segue into a little something else here, but I think that's so important, don't you? I mean, uh, I'm remembering back in the 90s being in a church where the prophet came in, and he would give a lot of words of judgment, uh, the one fellow I knew, and he was taking a tent around the area from California, clear up to Canada, and he wanted people to help in his tent ministry. It was hardly making any money, but he'd actually kind of prophesy in a way to some of the people there that would actually draw them in to leave, you know, to leave their job or leave this area and go with him. And I think so many times, just like you said, uh, we don't want to prophesy, you know, out of our own emotions, or what did the one person say? I don't know that I have it right. Prophesy through, sometimes we prophesy through dirty filters, you mm -hmm. know, of our own emotions, of our own thoughts. Yeah. I know I've been guilty of it, and it corrupts what God wants to do. And mm -hmm. I think, in especially in this time, um, I love that phrase, you will only, uh, the only source to see clearly is me in these days, because what's going on now, uh, you know, you could have such a knee-jerk reaction, you know, totally. the things that we're seeing going on in our world. Mm -hmm. And we want people that really hear from God. Um, I, I, 
I think you get what I'm saying. I'd, I'd like you to speak a little bit to that because I've seen too much of the knee-jerk things in the church, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to remind ourselves that, you know, we all have those triggers internally and just that come from unhealed parts of our hearts or just right. um, PTSD from different situations and, and such like that. But, you know, when you when you take responsibility to walk in the prophetic and you choose to use um, your voice for that of influence and, and you, you know, we all know in the scripture it says that our words are powerful, right? They have mm. the power for life and death and um, people can be so nonchalant kind of attitude about what they say. But if, you know, when the fear of the Lord comes upon you and you realize that you have a responsibility to what you say and what you speak to. And also that in a day that we live in, when every person has a platform essentially through the, um, the power of social media and such, that we're actually all influencing whether we realize it or not. And so when those triggers, um, one thing that uh, the Lord has been speaking to me about is that we have to be really careful that those triggers don't create false prophecies because mm. of assumption of an event versus like what he's really saying and he's just keeps echoing in my spirit my thoughts are not your thoughts my Mm. ways are not your ways and so we can look at the turn of events right now and we can say oh that's going to be this this and this and i'm like you've just assumed that and now you're running with it versus like actually sitting and waiting and asking and we're called to like be those that come up here like go higher and look, and we should want yes. to see a different outcome, no matter what it is. We should want to see a different outcome than what history has repeated. We are supposed to be the interrupters and the disruptors mm. of the cycle um, of pain and hurt and, and greed and all of those things. And so if history is repeating itself, then it's like, how can we divert that? And how? what is the kingdom solutions for disrupting it, basically? Yes, that's so good. I think... Um I think that's like what you were some of the things you and the, uh, this other couple were talking on. I was listening to the Invictus Global mm-hmm. uh, interview you had with Rebecca King. I liked what she said: stand in the middle of the rift. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily mean, unless God wants you to, you're supposed to speak some fiery word of rebuke. In fact, I feel like, and that's not my personality, but I think God's working on me. I feel like this is a time to speak positive over the situation and solution for the situation not you know you know speaking fire on certain individuals mm-hmm. though they though they may be wrong does that, that makes yeah. sense to you oh yeah anybody can point out what somebody's doing wrong in other people but you can really only go so far with that that doesn't help anybody right and no. so I think your ability to actually also see and speak to other people's hearts is the same ability that you have to say uh, to see and speak into your own. So unless we are people who are really like personally reflective and are able to humble ourselves before the Lord and allow him to correct us, we don't have any authority to be able to speak into other people's inner worlds either. Mm. And the prophetic isn't about that, is it? It's, It's seeing those things, but then asking God, okay, what is the truth here? How do we you know, um, bring your solution to a situation. And I love what Emma Stark out of Glasgow um, Prophetic Alliance says, you know, she says that uh, when I'm looking at somebody and I'm prophesying to them, her, I'm looking for how free can I get you in this moment? Mm. Not what kind of word can I give you? What do you need to hear? Those kinds of things. But it's like, how free can I get you? And what if 
as prophetic communities and cultures, we we went with that and we didn't chase a word, but we chased mm. the word. We chased the, the the freedom that Jesus paid for and we um unlocked that into that space. I think that would be pretty powerful. Mm. I also like this because you seem like well, you're from England, so you would you would enjoy it. My wife and I spend time on the Netflix watching The Crown together. So oh, I like the word that you said about that. Um, yeah. That you God has spoken to you through that how to lead. Um, I like that you say, and that's as hard for Matt Guy, but God's dealing with me. How you say, I no longer as a prophet, as God's prophetess, I no longer have an opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what the 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 queen said there. And I think okay. at the time it was probably hard for her as well, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think to remember if we're if we're out here as the church declaring it's the kingdom era, it's the kingdom era, then we've got to get a really good grid of what that means. Yes, and what that means is it's not a democracy, and I don't get to vote on mm. whether I approve of what God's saying or not. It's like I listen to my King and I fall and I do what He says and. And what he says goes, and I'm not actually entitled to my opinion on that, but I ask for the ability to see as he sees and mm. to hear as he hears, and I yes. ask Holy Spirit to, to, you know, mold my heart into his so that we can be in unity um, in that space so that I can see how he sees, because he sees better than I do, because I'm not God, right? <laughs> and so right. I should want to see as he sees and it's like help me to understand then lord but you know with kingdom even too we we have to understand that you know we're citizens of heaven right so that changes how we view things but then also we're ambassadors of Christ mm. and what does it mean to be an ambassador and and so just even thinking about how you know an ambassador carries the opinion of its government Right. It, it, yes. It responds exactly. in that way. It's not entitled to carry its own into that, but it it basically parrots the you know what's been declared by office, and so we are to do the same thing as mm. ambassadors of Christ. It's like so good. okay, despite my personal preferences here mm. and agendas and what I might think, and it's like at the end of the day, I'm not God, and He is, and I want Him to be fully God, and I want me not to be. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, now we're to the point, I think, this is what I really um, am so happy to have you here about, is we're going to talk a little bit about um, about our region, I hope. Uh, you had written on, on your, uh, one post, God is shifting the focus to cities and regions. And uh, boy, what? how do you see that playing out here in um, Washington State? You know, mm-hmm. do you have some specific thoughts on that for us? Um, um, well, there's, I mean, there's so much really, and I'm, there's a lot to get excited about, to be honest, because I know that God is working. If he's working in my life, then I know he's working in other people's mm, too. Because, amen. You know, he's raising up a remnant and we can, you know, do, we can say things like this. We have all this wonderful language, you know, and words that we like to say, but I'm always asking the Lord, okay, but what does that look like? Practicality. I'm a very practical person. I will, you know, choose practical shoes over uncomfortable, you know, like I'm just, I pick practical things. And so I'm often asking the Lord, okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're doing. 
what does that physically look like? Um, and can we be, put those things into motions to where we can be the demonstration of the kingdom instead of always mm. declaring the kingdom? It's like mm. at like some that. point, at some point, those words have to form into something. Like Jesus was the word became flesh, right? He did that. And so we get to do the same thing. And by that, what I mean is we get to take these words and everything everybody's is seeing, and we get to figure out co-creating with God, because these things don't just fall from the sky, but it's like, then what does that practically look like? And, and I was just, um, I, you know, from my own journey, what this has practically looked like is with my business. God mm. completely took something that I thought was literally just going to run in the background and mm. provide for me and for my family so that I could do the other things that God's called me to do. And he completely flipped that around last year and was like, nope, mm. this business isn't to serve you. It is to serve your community. And I want to do this. And he was basically outlining what we're going to be doing. And I'm just like, wow, God, you've completely turned it inside out and you've turned me inside out in the process. And so this is what it looks like. You know, I'm hoping to see out of this um, basically the ability for God to show us what the demonstration of the kingdom looks like, what the demonstration mm. um, of, you know, family and kingdom and stuff looks like and everything that can be done in that to bring solutions for the community because it's not about meeting my desires, but it's about meeting his and his desires always and all forever will be the people's hearts. And so he's so good at realigning us and, and adjusting us to benefit what he wants to do. And I think that's just so powerful and beautiful. Mm. And so I'm looking to see now, you know, if he's doing this in my business, what, else is he doing in the region through other people where are the solutions coming in the business mountain for communities and sustainability mm. and poverty and mental health and all of those things and really what he showed me was a way for the kingdom to function outside of the church mm. outside of, of that realm outside of the organized church with a steeple right? exactly <laughs> and that kind of ministry model um, being something, you know, and I just really feel like God is giving people ideas and solutions. And if we really stay yielded to him, as we explore those things for ourselves, he will show us how he's going to use it to evangelize, how he's mm. going to use it to bring health and wholeness to communities and those kinds of things. And that many of us right now that are called and are doing these things, we're actually forming a prototype that um, is just something we haven't seen before. And people are, are going to have the eyes to see. You know, when you have the kingdom lens, you have the ability to recognize apostolic centers that are outside of the church realm. Ap uh, you know, you can recognize prophets and apostles that are functioning in their sphere of influence. And so it becomes this kind of eye-opening experience of expanding to see just how big the kingdom is. Mm. That's good. So good. Another thought here, I, I would like you to speak to this. I love this word um, that you spoke, um, I think, right after the turn of the year. Um, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, prophets of Washington, this is your captain speaking, the war is over. 
It's time to lift your voice and awaken the bride and call her forth into a sweet encounter with me. It's time for the master equippers to take their place, activate a new sound of victory over Washington State. I say again, the war is over. What I'd like you to speak to just for a minute, I think I kind of understand what you're saying, but so many people are thinking, well, with all that's going on now, we really need to battle. We really need to go to war. I mean, how do you... What I guess I'm asking what you meant by that. Mm-hmm. It's not a time to lay down and be complacent. Not but at all. I, but anyway, I, I just want to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah, of course. I think what I came to realize is that my ability to rest in what God said he's going to do, or what he has said that I am, or those kinds of things, is a, where's the enemy out? Like in my ability mm. to not be shaken, rattled, and rolled over every churn of events that happens and things like that and that if i give that thing no room to cause me to dispense any energy that is wasted then that is victory right and so it's kind of like not letting the enemy aggravate you Mm. agitate you trigger you and be just so at peace and at rest to where because you know that at the end of the day We've overcome sin and death, right? And so it's mm-hmm. it's having that close encounter, so to speak, with those things to know that um, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if I don't choose to take a hold of believing that Jesus accomplished everything now, then when will I? And and despite all the swirls and, and different things that go along with any now event that happens in our nation or across the world, we get to choose how we respond. Do we respond or do we react? Mm, he doesn't want so a church good. that reacts. He wants a church that will respond. And then, then, then it's like, okay, well, what do we respond with? And if the, you know, the government of the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy, then I'm not going to be responding with condemnation and judgment and no. those kinds of things. And so it's like, will we just choose to accept? essentially like he is who he says he is and accept that the kingdom is not hindered by anything that goes on and we're not defeated and so it's kind of um just staying in this place of unity with him and knowing that christ in me is hope of glory Mm. not Mm. worry fear shame paranoia (laughs) all those things Yes. I think it just came to me while you were speaking. I was thinking of the of Joseph. Is it Joseph? No, it's Daniel. Daniel. If he had reacted instead of responded quick the way you know, the way he did, would he have come to the place to be used of God uh with Nebuchadnezzar Nebuchadnezzar the way he did? I don't think so. Right. And um there's a real lesson to be learned from that. And I see the times we're in right now as a time like that. We can mm-hmm. respond by the Spirit of God, or we can have a reaction. Mm-hmm. And um, like you said, and also I heard you say, it's not so much sometimes what a prophet says, but what they don't say. <laughs> yeah, So it really is. Anyway, uh, let's see. You said earlier you thought— before we got on, you might have something to share, like from Isaiah 62. That might be a good time now to... Okay. If that's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, so when I knew that we were going to be having this amazing conversation and and 
pulling, you know, two amazing people from our region together to speak about kingdom and such. It just, it gave me so much uh, of an opportunity to ask the Lord, okay, what are you saying over this region? And what do you, what do you, what is the way that you see Washington? And, and Washington is such a blessed state, state and has been poured into by so many amazing leaders and that have been here for many, many years. Um, and leaders that have come in and sown into this state with words and demonstration and, and their time to sow in here. And, and I just felt the Father's heart say that none of that was in vain. Mm. You know, that, that everything up until this point has not been in vain. Um, but if we could just take a moment to just see just how far, you know, it's easy for people to look at Washington and say, look how far that they've fallen. Mm-hmm. But God, has a different answer and he's saying yes. look how far my church has come through that and yes. I just have so much hope and I just long to hear more voices in this area that will speak a better word over Washington state that will you know his blood speaks a better word so yes. as prophetic voices Hallelujah. what words are we speaking over this state yes. and this region wherever you live and um, and so I was Open, I opened up to Isaiah 62, and as I was glancing down and reading through this, I was just hearing this reframed as what the Father was saying over Washington State. And he says this, I'm just going to start in verse 2. It says, The nations shall, shall, shall see your righteousness and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name the mouth mm. of the Lord will give. So in that, I hear the Lord saying that he's giving Washington State a new name and that other states in this country will see the righteousness that's in Washington State. Mm. Verse 3, you shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of your Lord and the royal diadem in the hand of your God. And so that's what he's forming Washington State into. So as I read that, I'm hearing God say, you know, Washington State, you shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord. And we also know um, from another scripture that we are the delight in of his hand. We the ones that sit at the right hand of the Father, and in him he takes delight. And so mm. I connect that those scriptures together, and I'm seeing him delight over the people in Washington State. Mm, that's good. Verse 4 goes on to say, You shall no more be termed forsaken, and your land shall no more be termed desolate. And so that's him just coming through and vindicating Washington State and saying, This is not the word over you. Where people have said you're too left, or where people have mm. said you're too this, or too new, much new age, and too much whatever, that, you know, just a lost cause, God is saying no. No more shall be be termed forsaken, and no more shall you be termed desolate. This is so not good. a dry place. Washington so State is not a dry place. But you shall be called, my delight is in her, and that your land married. For the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. So I just, in that, I hear the Spirit of the Lord say that he is delighted in Washington State Mm. and that he will in these days cause even more of that delight to shine onto heaven. That there is a marrying of the land to to his heart, the people of the land would be married to his heart. And in that, 
the children of this generation that live here and the youth that is in Washington State shall be married to Jesus yes, and that he's Jesus. coming after them. So I just even prophesy just a youth awakening yes. and revival. Yes. And that um, all the generations in Washington State shall mm. be joined to him. Yes. Um, verse six goes on to say, "On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set you set her watch, set watchmen." So in that, I just hear say, "On your walls, Washington State, I have set watchmen all the day mm. and all the night, and yes. they shall never be silent." Yes. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest and give Him no rest until He establishes Jerusalem and makes mm. it a praise in the earth. And so in that, I hear the Lord saying that he has established the watchman over Washington State and he charges yes, the watchman yes. never to be silent in their mm. prayers, to not give up and to always remember the Lord and who he is and to stay mm. on the wall and not get distracted with what's mm. going on and stay there until he establishes Washington and makes it a praise again for his name. And so it just, you know, it goes on and on in there, mm. but... He's preparing a way for his people here as people take their position and as as leaders arise, as the apostles and prophets and teachers, evangelists and, and shepherds take their place. And le when the leaders lead, the people rejoice, right? That's from Judges too. When the leaders lead and they just mm. just give a call out right now on this podcast to any yes, leaders watching Jesus. this that might be in Washington State yes. to lead to fully lead you are his leader mm. and in and it's in these moments that he makes you a leader and so just um yield to that process with the lord to become the leader that he needs you to be because it is not about us mm. <laughs> and it, we have to realize that there are people's lives and livelihoods and healing and wholeness at stake for um as we step into the responsibility of leading in this in this time. So, yeah. Mm, boy, that's so good. It's so good. I think it, it segues into this, and maybe we can, like I always say, land a plane this way. You you, you um, posted this. I love this. It's time to prepare and build the nest in the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't you, um, just a question, you kind of get that picture from the Global Prophetic Alliance with Emma Stark. Is that how mm -hmm. they word that too from Glasgow. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and you put me on to listening to her and that group. They have such a fresh word, I'll say, you know, uh, and I'm so impressed with that. But I love the picture of a nest. I remember my granddaughters and I found a nest in, of um, a robin in our backyard a few years ago, and we watched uh, how that all took place from the eggs and the coming of the little yeah. chicks. And, you know, this, the picture I get of a nest is the mom had to continually watch and feed those chicks. And you're talking here about birthing prophets and people that need to learn, like we talked about, uh, to hear from God, but how to respond from God's heart rather than their own reactions. And that that's kind of what you're—I see what you—and you've shared with me, that's what your mission is uh, right now in this hour, is it not? to call those yeah. people into that place where you you and others that have that mantle on them can build them up in maturity so they can then go forth and Definitely. declare these words, right? It's, it, how would you say that? Yeah, no, you, you've got it right there, Matt. It is a, a place of being able to grow into maturity. Um, you know, oftentimes 
I don't say that from a place of, oh, I'm here and all that, no. but it really is from a place of, we don't know what we don't know. And then, mm. and it really isn't until you get around leaders who are leading or you get around prophets um, that are further along than you in mm. their journey and their walk that you realize the gap between where you are and where they are. And that is such a healthy gap to see. And unless we gather together as prophets, we don't see that. We don't see where we fall short. We don't see where we can grow. And we don't see how we can glean from one another because it's the kindness of the Lord that like, I can gift you so that you don't have to go through what I went mm, through and yes. you can gift me so yes. I don't have to go through what you went through. And we can right. all benefit from how Jesus was and who Jesus was for us in those times and the victories because he paid for it all. But mm. there's just this amazing exchange where he wants us to be able to learn from one another because Christ is in you just as much as he's in me. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, I can learn from Christ in you, mm. you know, and you can learn from Christ in yes. me and we can sharpen each other and grow. But the cool thing about a nest too, that was coming to me as you were sharing how you saw it, I was like, you know, yeah, it really is about everybody bringing what they have, you know, those sticks, those twigs, those rods of authority yes. you, could, you know even building it together right yeah and coming it together and bringing it together to make the form and the structure of what that is so that things like god and holy spirit can rest in that place and have you know have his habitation there too as a company of prophets and what does that do you know like when you have a company of prophets established and the and the grace and the and the shadowing of that that can happen over a region, let alone a state, hmm. to where people are under that that prophetic grace, whether they realize it or not, and they're hearing the Lord, they're seeing the Lord, they're just writing policies that are in line with kingdom, and they don't realize, but it's because we've established, you know, the culture and the atmosphere to be that of one that responds to the word of the Lord and to hear and see Him, and so. There's just so much. I don't think we even have a grid for really the weightiness and the governmental ability that something like that can have in a state and a region. And um, yeah, and we need each other. Amen. Amen. So do you, do you have anything else on your heart that you want no, to say? No, this is wonderful. Thank you. Okay. So this is what I want to do. I want to do several things here. One, what can our audience do for you? What, how can we, um, you know, speak over you or share with you in a way to help Helen Graham out? Is is there something, even give financially? I don't know. You you have to let oh, us know. That's very sweet. Yeah, I mean, if you are listening to this and you're in Washington State and you, you know, are a leader, a minister, and you function highly in the prophetic gift, or you know that you're called to office and you want to connect with other Washington prophets, definitely um, reach out to Matt and he can pass you along over to me that way. Um, it's really in the early stages. And hopefully by the time this podcast episode comes out, even there'll be a little bit more formational structure, but we'll put a link uh, right. I'll give my link for you to access and just be in touch about that. So that would be the main thing. And just to pray, pray for the prophets in Washington state, pray for the apostles to arise in Washington mm. state. Um, and just see if you, uh, if you've had, you know, dreams about mm. this and let us know, give yes. us feedback. 
I, I love feedback, so. Me. Yes, we, we will put some things in the show notes. You can share that with me, and I'll make sure I put it in there. Now, here's what I'd like to do with your permission. I'd like to um, have you pray for the Kingdom Corner audience, those I always say that listen today, tomorrow, in the future. And yeah. then uh, I would like to pray for you before we leave. That would be awesome. Let's All right. All right. Oh, Jesus, I just thank you so much for every listening ear right now, listening to the Kingdom uh, Corner podcast, Lord, that you have gathered them up into a safe and secure place, hidden in you. Jesus, I pray that they would feel um, just an expansion in their capacity for the kingdom. Lord, I pray for a fresh perspective. I pray for a kingdom perspective to fill their eyes and flood their ears in this time. Lord, I thank you that you are giving us a kingdom mindset. Mm. Lord, give us the mindset of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I pray for our ears of our heart and our eyes of our heart to be awakened to this, the magnitude and the size of the kingdom. Lord, your kingdom is so big. And I pray that we would see that it's safe and that there's room for all of us in this time to do what we're called to do. And I pray for a spirit of resolve mm. into your listeners right now to to pick up and where they left off or to pick up afresh that there's no um there's no shame in starting again, Lord, but that mm. we are right on time doing what we need to do, Lord. I pray that you would keep our hands steady to the plow and our eyes fixed on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, Father, thank you so much for Helen and her message and uh, what you've put on her heart. I just pray for her and the Grams, for Robbie and Isabel and Lucas. I just pray right now a special blessing upon this family that any provision that they need, any uh, things that they need physically, that you would provide that. I just pray that you would overshadow them in a special way that you will continue to guide Helen in her mission that you've called her to, to uh, just rise up and call other prophets to this place of um, of ministry, to this place of ministering over this Northwest region. Um, thank you so much for um, just the work that you've done in her and the way you've called her forth. And uh, I just am so thankful, Lord. We just pray again for the people that have heard this today and, and will listen in the future that uh, they would be drawn if they are called to work in this area with Helen. That you would, uh, that she would connect with them, and I pray that others would connect with her that need to. Um, this is so vital, and uh, in Jesus' name, we just pray all these things, and uh, we're just so thankful. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's see. Thank you for joining us for another great discussion on The Kingdom Corner, hosted by Matt Geib. Remember to click the subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode as it's released. To enjoy an even deeper dive into God's Word, check out Matt's new devotional book, Searching for Significance, a devotional journey through the book of Ecclesiastes. Learn more and even hear from Matt himself on the devotional website, significanceacademy.com. As always, thank you for being a part of The Kingdom Corner.